Hello and welcome to the Ben Like Bamboo Resilience Show. I believe that flexibility builds resilience and on the show I get to interview very special guests talking about how to master resilience in our minds, in our bodies and in our lives. And today I have the wonderful Sana Turnock. Lovely to have you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Amanda. Great to be here. I stumbled on your name just then. I don't know why. I just said it before. Sana Turnock. <laughs> you got it. That's me. And you have a very cool podcast called Courage Unraveled, and you are um, a mindset coach and a speaker. Yeah, that's me. Well, we're going to have and a that, lot of well, stuff to talk about today, aren't we? Oh, I think so. I think so. Look, yeah, I mean, that's just what I do outside of my, my day job. How about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So what do you do for your day job? Look, I'm, I'm a business advisor, so um, it's pretty awesome. busy. Yeah, it's pretty busy. Awesome. Well, that would tie in with what you do anyway, I, mm. I imagine. Um, so let me introduce you properly so um, our listeners can know all the amazing work that you do. So Sana Turnock has been in adult education since 2000 as a trainer, facilitator and presenter. She spent 18 years in the natural therapy industry before changing careers in her late 40s. And she is now a business advisor to small businesses. Health and well-being play an important role in long-term business sustainability of the business and the people working in it and Sana has worked with close to a thousand small businesses in the southwest of WA over the last 2.5 years that's a lot of businesses it blew um, me away yeah when wow. I looked at those stats yep <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so you're really passionate about educating um people and businesses um and tell me more about it like what what's your specialty why do you love what you do are you talking about courage unraveled um, well, both. I want to know, yes, because I, I think your day job um, and you as a business advisor and all would tie into how you help people with Courage, un- courage Unraveled. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to see. That there is a, definitely there's a correlation, but there's also a separation. Yeah. Courage Unraveled itself, yep, people certainly, some people, not all, some people do require courage to set up business and they have no idea um, what to do and some people are even scared to come to a business advisor like me like our services I've got here or I go giving my company a plug <laughs> but, <laughs> go for uh, it, yeah. but <laughs> it's not my intention no, okay. I mean, essentially it's about um, because we're we're an organization that offers free advice so it's a it's a state-funded initiative mm. so we get all kinds of people come to us right and they, they could be um they could be just startups or pre, you know, concept, concept of the business idea, uh, and then they could be established or in decline. But those people who are beginning, um, yeah, they're the ones that might need some courage, you know, to, to actually initially come into the office or pick up the phone and have a chat. Yeah. Um, but my focus isn't really about courage in that environment. That's if they want that kind of um, assistance, then that's where Sana Turnock Courage Mindset Coach comes in. Mm. Uh, I help them in with the you know nuts and bolts of the business uh, and, and the business setup. And occasionally, uh, just through my background in natural therapies, it order, it comes out anyway. I just the therapist comes out. Yeah, <laughs> sorry yeah. if you want it or not, you got it. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, yeah. I, I hear you. I'm a sports kinesiologist, and yeah, I, it just naturally we can't help it. Even no, I'm talking that's to right. you now. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's really cool. I love that. So, do you help non for profits as well, or is it mainly yeah. just? Oh, I might need your services because mm. I'm setting. I think I'm going to, wanting to set up the Ben Like Bamboo Foundation this year. So later we'll talk about 
um, I need to learn all about it, how to set it up, what it all means. And yeah, I have no idea yet how to do that. So I get your services. Really cool. Yeah. Well, look, there's, because you're in Victoria, right? In Melbourne? Mm. Guys, I think that there's, there's a social enterprise um, initiative that I think stems from Victoria. Great. And that's something that you definitely want to look into. That sounds really interesting. We don't have it here in WA. Right. Um, I don't know whether Victoria has a small business advisory state-funded initiative. You'd want to look at that because we we are only covered for what my area is southwest. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we've got Peel as well. But each state hopefully has something. I know they're doing some states. I just can't remember if it's all states. Yeah, I'm all starting all that research now. So, okay. um, oh, thank you. So, right. we, yeah. Let's dive in. I, I want to talk about resilience and, and what it means to you. And you've just sent me so much amazing information. And I really enjoyed um, being on your podcast too. So thanks for having me. Oh, that was great. Yes, yeah, we had a really you. good conversation, didn't we? We did. And as I said to you, just um, off air, yeah, I'm in the middle of doing the editing, so I'll be going back to that after after this. <laughs> good timing, good timing, yes. good flow. But tell me, so what does resilience mean to you? Yeah, I think resilience is is strength and, you know, strength through adversity and through challenge. And, and whether that, that, that it's, it's coming through something, you know, and that, that challenge. And usually to me, the challenge has come from adversity, mm. you know, whether you've been knocked down a number of times, um, you just get up and you find another way, you find another way, you find another way, whatever, whatever your challenge might be, whatever that situation might be, you, you find a way to remain strong, uh, work through grit and persevere. Mm. I love that. That's so true. Um, well, I'd love it if you would share something you've been through where you've um, needed to find that resilience within yourself. Yeah, look, and I, so I want to share a health story with you, actually. Um, and I haven't, it's, it's complicated, so I'm just going to try and simplify it if I can, because I haven't really um, been given a direct answer on what it is. So I'm going to yeah, so I'll just give you what I can, right? But I think it's it's definitely falls into the into the category of resilience and uh, and also um, bending like bamboo. Mm-hmm. So in in 2016, I remember I was in a car park in somewhere in Perth, and I started getting lots and lots of pins and needles mm-hmm. in my arms and my legs. And the night before, I was staying at one of, at an auntie's house, and these pins and needles wouldn't go away. And, uh, and it just kept on coming, kept on coming, kept on coming. And this, I don't know how long it lasted for in terms of, it might have been a week or whatever. Mm. And, um, and then I started getting these very unusual, what I would call almost like body attacks at night. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I, it's almost like I would have an, a seizure of sorts, but it wasn't from the brain. It was my body actually having these responses and so and I'd never had this happen to me so they started coming I don't know two or three times a week at night yeah very disturbing how scary yeah it was pretty scary and then it was almost like I had to do kung fu moves right in the middle of the night it's like two three four o'clock in the morning to release this what excess energy right that's all I can tell you at this stage mm-hmm. um and then I started getting panic attacks like yep. 
in the middle of the day. One time I was on the bus, I was in a public space, I had my daughter with me um, and I just finished seeing a friend and as soon as I hopped on the bus, I just felt this this thing welling up inside and I thought, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get home in one piece? You feel like you're going to die. I had one probably a few months ago. It was the second one I've ever had in my entire life and I know you just believe in that moment that you might die. Oh, look, you get caught, you just get caught up in it, you know, yeah. so it's really you, with all your might, you need to extract yourself if you can, you know, like it's it's, it's a, a mindset, exactly. you get is, stuck into oh, it, you yeah, don't know how yeah. to pull yourself out, it's the most bizarrest feeling I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah, it, it is, and I, had, I started having a few of them, so by this, I can't remember if that was my first or my second one, in public, thing. yeah, it was pretty hard. It's exhausting. And I mean, yes, it is, and I had my daughter with me as well, Yeah. Um, and she was... She was about eight or nine at the time. So I was just oh. trying to really protect her so that she wouldn't know what was going on because she'd, she'd panic. Yeah. Anyway, I managed to get home and, you know, got that sorted. But, and then I, I had a day job then and I, I loved what I did. I was um, an academic advisor and I was a lecturer, but things weren't going well and I was it was a very part-time job. And also my business wasn't doing well. Um, it was just I wasn't getting clients um, and I was... Um, where am I? Oh, that's right. And we also were trying to sell a home and we had just, we couldn't sell this home. It would have been two years at that stage because we'd lived in the country. So we had lots of financial stuff going, just pressure. Yeah, 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 pressure. And I, yeah, and I, and I remember when I was in my day job then as the academic advisor, every time I'd talk to my boss, my pins and needles would rise mm. from my toes all the way up to my knees and they'd wow. stay there, right? So there was definitely this correlation of pressure. My, my body was communicating to me how I was mm. feeling emotionally mm. and the like. And then things got things got worse. They really and then I think to cut a long story short, I went to the doctor. Um, I, I I thought, am I dying? Am I having a stroke? Do I have MS? Mm. Okay, these are lots of things that were going through my mind, you know, mm. and. Um, haven't got to the bottom of MS yet. Um, I don't know whether I had a stroke. The, the closest thing was, at, well, at that stage between 2016 and 17, we, I think the doc and I uh, determined it was really a body breakdown, you yeah. know, just a culmination of things. It took about a year to get better. Uh, and, and for me, uh, I, I remember the time as I was laying there, because I was going to bed at seven o'clock at night and I had no energy, I could walk. That was the about only amount of energy I, I had. I couldn't, I had to give up the gym. I had to give up all other forms of exercise. Um, it was a very, very unusual time. And my left side was weak. I lost, my muscle tone was weak. Um, I just wasn't functioning properly. Like balance was out, hormones were out. I was losing a lot of weight. Um, just like that. And at, at my most sensitive, I don't know how you felt, but, but at my sensitive in terms of food choices, mm. I, I couldn't eat spinach. I couldn't eat, oh. um, couldn't eat um, sweet potato. Wow. So I looked, at, I looked, yeah, I looked up those and the, the only thing they had in common there was oxalate. So I thought, okay, my body is not absorbing or can cope with oxalates at the moment. And the other thing was, this is what blew me away. So how sensitive my body was. Mm. I couldn't drink peppermint tea. Wow. Because my body, my internal temperature would go so cold just wow. from peppermint tea. So that's how I knew I was unwell. So, okay, what, what did I do? You know, so mindset, really super important for me. Yeah. Um, I thought, well, whatever, I, I'm going to get through this. That was very clear to me. 
you know, I, I didn't feel like I was going to give up and die. That was extremely clear. So I went to the GP, you know, we, we went through a few things uh, there. You know, they, they were my rock, you know, because I, I really needed, uh, I needed someone. We need a good GP. Yeah. And they were, they were really good at the time. And they, at one time they even checked up on me to see how my mental health was. Like that was, that was very concerned. Um, and then I thought, okay, Sana, what, all the stuff that you've known with your natural therapies, let's, we, we have to start using this. So I got energy work um, on a regular basis, so Reiki energetic healing. Um, I really started looking at herbs as a, as a way to work. My body was so weak, Amanda, that my first session of uh, acupuncture, they put needles in me and I cried and cried and cried and said please can you stop can you stop you i'm in too much pain yeah and um and so i left that um acupuncturist and i went to a local one who was uh a darling and i still see her today and uh she chose the finest of needles the ones that you put on your face and she may have put maybe six in at a time yeah and just worked was, with your needs yeah yeah at the time it. yep and so so that i wouldn't um freak out freak out yeah so that's right so that's right post post treatment yeah so um had that and then i spent i i managed to um win a partial scholarship uh for a master herbalist course mm. that was brilliant so I, I was trained online by um a herbalist called david crow who i really really love his work mm-hmm. and he helped me a lot and got my body back on track in terms Good on of you. Through, yeah through my learnings i was able to you know i bought my teas made my teas do or did all that yeah um Went to a psychologist as well. Um, so I basically brought both models together: the you know the natural therapies, allied health model, um, complementary healthcare with mm. with the orthodox model because I really needed it at the time. Yeah. And and like I said to you, it took a year. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, that's that's a story. That's I learned a, yeah. yeah. I learned a lot about many other things. I discovered that I had MTHFR. Um, do you know Do you know what that is? Um. I do a little bit. Please explain. Yeah, so it's called uh, a methyl, uh, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, and it's it's like a, a it's a gene. It's, it's a, a gene. gene variant, right? And it's also about uh, I think it's also an enzyme, and it breaks down your amino acids, possibly homocysteine. But what happens though is if if you cannot break down folate then you can have uh issues with particular metabolic uh pathways that's right yep so for me um yeah i discovered a lot of pathways that don't function well you know for me so you know b b6 and b12 i can't have anything in supplements around that um just a whole whole i mean i look i don't want to bore you with it because it's it's quite no i actually think it's a really interesting topic i had all of my genes assessed by my nutritionist and naturopath who's also a kinesiologist damian brown Mm -hmm. and he tested all of my genes in this way and i know that my body doesn't simulate which i wouldn't known had i not have done these tests and i can't remember the gene the names of all the genes that we did but Mm -hmm. but basically i do know that i need to supplement with vitamin b12 because i'm not actually absorbing that properly in my foods and it was a game changer when i sort of tweaked my food 
foods and supplements like that with how I felt in my body and my mind and my energy. So this is great. We're talking about it. Okay. Yeah. So for me, so so with MTHFR, it really can affect your absorption of um, vitamin B6 and 12. Yep. uh, And along with others, but you have to work out whether you're an over methylator or an under methylator, right? This is the bloody confusing thing. It really is. Yeah. So for me, I just avoid um, any supplementation with B6 and B12 I, because if I, I did try to go on a methylated um, B12 complex, didn't work for me. Um, um, I tend to get extremely anxious. Um, yeah, and so I'm very, the body's very sensitive to whatever I put in my mouth. I have to be very mindful of any new supplement. Yeah. And I usually find that I have to go as clean as possible. And by that, I mean, if it's magnesium, it's just magnesium. Yeah. It's not supplemented with something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's something that I learned about myself was definitely MTHFR and um, and the two variants. I haven't, I haven't, I have done the um, the twenty three me um, gene test. I just haven't got the data analysed. I think there's there's probably rich information there for me. Um, but oh, I'll, and I'll, that's why yeah. you need a great practitioner to do this and then translate it for you. Well, the other thing I learned when I did my gene testing was I've always been quite, um, I find it easy to see the positive side in life. Um, and I sometimes, you know, sometimes there are people that, that don't, but it's also a gene expression where apparently I burn through serotonin slowly. I can't remember oh, the name of the gene though. Wow. Okay. It could be MTFR. Um, I'll have to check with Damien. And and so that explains why I might have more access to my serotonin. And I can see the brightest on life. Whereas some people burn through serotonin faster and they're, they're, they they tend to be a bit more moody or, or yeah. find it hard yeah. to lift up out of a, a negative mood. I find that so interesting. It is. And that is seriously interesting because mine is the opposite. I, it's, I remember having um, a this image, I get, I get strong visuals about myself. So at the height of um, what was happening to me with that body breakdown, mm. the two images I got that stuck in my mind was an image of an analog TV. And I don't know whether you're, you were young enough to see this at all, but if something didn't go right on the TV, it would have this fuzz like this. It was like the ABC used to have it. Um, I remember I from, that. You do remember that? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 old enough to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right so that's what i could see in my mind and the other vision i had of myself mm. was um a circuitry board and my nervous system was the circuitry board mm. and i was getting zapped all the time so it was malfunctioning so that was my unconscious talking to me communicating to me saying sana you have something going on with your nervous system you know um that's exactly right with with numbs numbness and pins and needles and how we think and feel and how much we're bottling up our stress or how much we're not able to process bogged up stress that might have been there for a long period of time depending on how you learn to communicate and Mm. your internal dialogue growing up and how safe you feel expressing how you feel all these things contribute to the health of your nervous system um so when you were taking your year of recovery and then you got better what is what's the what are the main juicy golden nuggets that you've learned from yeah what you had to do not just with biochemical stuff but emotionally spiritually like you know structurally yeah look it was i didn't so i i worked but i worked part-time um and it was really important to just surrender yeah that was the word it was surrender Mm. yeah 
and and I really needed to stop trying to control where I wanted to go in, especially in my career. Um, and I didn't want to leave uh, natural therapy, so I left a, a clinical aromatherapy um, and natural therapies in two thousand eighteen. But the writing was on the wall, and I and I really I didn't want to see. I was just in denial, and I just you know just because of how things were going, I think the universe had other things planned for me, but I really did not want to um, let it go because I actually love what I do. I just love it, right? Um, So that was hard. When you love it, you know, it's hard to let it go. So I think, you know, like I did have that Mack truck experience. So come on, son, you have to surrender and release, release. Because I was thinking, how am I going to, how are we going to feed the family? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And, you know, hey, we got through. We got through. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yes, I learned about survival. I learned about certainly the, for me, I'm in awe of the body's ability to heal. Oh yeah. And to heal itself. Like I just, I so admire that. That if we get out of our own way, but if we have the tools, if we if we are provided with the tools, the correct tools, to help initiate the healing then you let the body do it itself. And that's what exactly. I love about the herbs. The yeah. herbs are laid when you use the correct ones that are suitable for you because just because something's suitable for me it may not necessarily be suitable for you and that's something that you've got to really be clear about and understand because I spent so much money that year oh, on, on supplements on supplements <laughs> and trial stuff. And I try one, one time and I go, that shit, I can't work. Yeah. I can't use that anymore. That Because yeah. my body would... Um, have such an intense reaction mm. that I would have to literally throw it away. Yeah, so it was all out. trial and error. You know, yeah. it's so funny yeah. that you say that. I'm, I absolutely think you've hit the nail on the head. You've got to give the mind and body the best environment to do its thing, like get out of its way. It really does know. Um, it really does know how to find wellness, which is probably difficult to hear if you're sitting here, you know, suffering from a very degenerative condition and you don't oh, see yeah. getting better. Yep. There is... There are what you want. What you want to do is to figure out how to get out of your own way, and that could be uh, structural. It could be biochemical. It could be emotional, and it could be even you know purpose and spiritual. So, um, yeah, I think the body does have a wonderful way of getting very sick as well. Because when I came home from hospital and I recovered, I did all this research on other people that had recovered when they weren't supposed to. But then I also researched, well, what happens when people eat the right food and they exercise? But then all of a sudden, these people that seem to be really healthy can be struck down with terminal illness. Mm. And so all my fascination mm. was around what's that about? Yep. And I think that, you know, what I discovered was, what we believe and how we think and feel every day is connected to our nervous system yeah. and the health of our bodies. Yes, that's right. And that's, that's right. It does come back to, I think definitely comes back to that. And, and one of my favorite CDs that I would uh, play often at that time was uh, by a lady called Anita Murjani. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. And just, you know, she almost, for those people who don't know, um, she almost died. She had stage four lymphatic cancer um, and, but she, she's alive today. And uh, so I listened to her, the beautiful um, piece that she put together, I guess, for your own healing. And that really, really helped me. She's a had a, a near-death experience. That's what she's famous for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right, on the table. And uh, and then she had that vision of actually, you know, you, you won't die. And then she's, and then through that visualisation, then she created this new healing path. And that's how she got better. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and all so, the tumours that were lemon sizes throughout her lymphatic yes, system just disappeared. Yes. Just it was, disappeared. It was wonderful. And um, 
wonderful to hear. So mm. yeah, so she was also part of my healing. I had numerous, numerous things that I um that I used as resources during that during that 12 months. And then I knew that I, I wanted to find work. I, I had no idea what direction to go in because also my self-esteem had um had been hit many times and because I was constantly trying to find new work and I wasn't getting any I wasn't getting anywhere. And I think I was probably down I'd done about 60 or 70 job applications at the time and always getting rejected. And uh, so I thought, how do, how, do I, um, how do I get a new job? What do I need? What do I do? And so I took myself away for a weekend and, uh, and I meditated. I did yoga every day and I wrote what I, I, wrote what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, okay, universe, I surrender. I'm not going to tell you what I want to do, but these are my mm. skill sets. I just want to use them and to learn, learn mm. some more. Mm-hmm. And the first day of that, um, the very first day I get a phone call, so at the retreat, I get a phone call and um, someone's offered me a job. And um, it was only, it was a one day a week at that time. Yeah. And, um, and I accepted that job. Yeah. And that job then took us to, um, to where I am today. Oh, lovely. That's so beautiful. And it can happen that quickly when you shift your mindset and your state and, and you surrender and let go. And it's, it's so funny how you, you, you mentioned control because as a sports kinesiologist, I do specialize in the emotional links to physical symptoms and, and also having MS myself, the brain is the control center. And whenever I'm working on the nervous system and the brain and MS and various other neurological conditions and nervous system conditions, it is always about helping the client understand why they feel the need to control and how to surrender to that. Mm-hmm. So it just correlates exactly what you're saying. And how, what did you learn over that year of recovery about your need to control and how did you learn how to surrender that? Because it's one of the hardest things to do. Oh, I was forced. I was for, my hand was forced. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, that was very clear because clearly I'm just too much trying to control my where I'm going. Uh, and so uh, and, and I guess that feeds into courage unraveled this is not a controlled um mm-hmm. initi- initiative it is something that's organic i'm not uh, there's a you know there's I, I have a space as to where i kind of see it going but i'm really um i'm very flexible i don't i don't want to say it's going to go here it's going to go there it's just as it's just is what it is mm-hmm. it's going to grow moment by moment great that's good practice for you oh absolutely yeah um Okay, so what um, what is the main thing you learned if there was one one standout life lesson getting better and on your journey in that year? Oh, well, there's just two, and I've mentioned them already. One is surrender, yep. and the other one is the body's uh, amazing ability to heal. That's without yeah. question. I love that. Um, yeah. And so what are your morning and evening rituals to maintain this health that you have now exercise is really really important for me yeah um so i i do that um i mix it up you know um and depends on how i feel but at the moment (laughs) i do uh two days a week of um just doing some weights and just getting back into some kind of circuit training um and then i do half an hour of yoga and hit just combine those uh, walking, um, we live near the beach, so, you know, throw that in a bit. I would love to say meditation on a daily basis, but sadly uh, I have not been doing that. Uh, but And that used to be my staple for a very long time and I just haven't done that. Um, 
so that's kind of it. And ideally, um, you're being yep. in nature. Yes. And, and without, yeah, sorry, without question, food, you know, eating, oh, eating yeah. well, that, that's a given. So how did you master your um, diet? Like, because it's very individual. What? How did you figure out what was right for you? How did you narrow it down? Oh, that's trial and error. And it still is, hey, it still is. Um, yeah, like I said, it's like the supplements. Can I eat that? Or what, and I'll try it. And if my body has a reaction, okay, no, I can't. Um, and if, I, if my body goes, oh, or if there's no reaction, I go, okay, that's I can have some of that. That's good, you know. Um, yeah, yes. So, and I just know that uh, with my body being like it was when I had that reaction with a simple cup of peppermint tea, yeah. I just thought, wow, that's how sensitive a body can become if it's unwell. You know, and it, it really made it clear for me. Just, it was just, there was such clarity around all of that. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite breakfast that you feel that nourishes you? Give me an idea of what you have in the morning. Uh, breakfast for me, like 90% of the time will be a greens smoothie and that will be with almond milk, um, anything green in the fridge. And I'll either throw in blueberries or a banana, uh, and plus, you know, subs inside, you know, yep, collagen, yep. collagen, protein powder, um, that kind of stuff. And then around that I might have a boiled egg or I might have some toast, uh, you know, simple. And if it's, if I've got time, I might cook up a brekkie of, you know, scrambled eggs with gluten-free wholemeal rye toast or something like that yeah avocado. beautiful beautiful yeah. i always like putting good fat in my smoothies um it helps with sugar cravings and it also um for my hormone balance i'll put either yeah. a good dollop of nut butter or yeah. avocado or some ground up nuts that sounds beautiful i like i love to mix up my breakfast i do either eggs with lots of sulfur rich foods so asparagus and mushrooms and that mm. helps with detoxing the cells sometimes um i have um red meal does a red meal does a really great wheat free muesli uh, oh really? Okay. Not mostly, um, oats, I should say. Oats and, free. Um, and then I. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's start again. Yes. Um, gluten free oats. That's you can't get that, can you? Gluten free oats. It's wheat free oats. And what yeah. I did was I, um, I'm, I'm, I did testing with my naturopath, and I'm, I'm not celiac, so I do avoid gluten though mainly. Mm. But I found I find I don't react to these oats, and I really love the warm oats, and I so they're wheat free. And then I um, put uh, I mix that up with this buckwheat um, uh, oat kind of thing. That you, it's, it's like it's like buckwheat. It's a buckwheat formula, but it, you mix it in with your oats. I'm not making much sense. And then you put it in and, I'm, and I put it in with coconut milk and I boil that up and then I put berries on top. And so I, I alternate my breakfast with, yeah, something hot like that or eggs with lots, lots of um, um, vegetables. And sometimes yeah, yeah. I don't have eggs at all and I just sort of roast up a whole bunch of vegetables because these days I like um, I, I, I do best with more of a pescatarian type of diet. More Isn't it interesting? Yeah, just how your body changes. Changes. To, to be really aware of that, hey. It's mm. um, it's something that's really, I don't know whether you've tried this, and that is uh, quinoa flakes. It's good for proteins. It's a bit like oh, having really? oats, yeah, uh, but it's quinoa. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's a nice warm meal. It's a, equivalent to, I guess, or a supplement, sup, an alternative, sorry, to um, a porridge. I think that's what this buckwheat mix is. I think it's exactly that, but it's buckwheat and then you can get it in quinoa. Great. Um, and it's delicious. You can have it yeah. without the oats. Like you can just have it on its own so it doesn't have the gluten. 
Oh, very juicy. And I want to talk about um, Courage Unraveled. Mm. Um, so you interview um, special guests just like I'm interviewing you now. Tell me more about it. Do you want to know its origins? Uh, yes, I want to know how you built it <laughs> up and I want to know your why and I want to know what you're going to do with it next. I want to know everything. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay well, in terms of um, it does correlate with my job actually. So where do I start? I'm just trying to give you give you a point of a point of time. Okay, there was something's been brewing inside me for a while, and I was and I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I just wanted something to come up and and to do something a bit different outside of my day job, and um, and I was toiling with the idea of kind of looking at being a child of um, an adult child of domestic violence, right? Because that's my background, and. And then I went on a creativity retreat and I, you know, talked about this idea and it just sank. I felt heavy talking about it to people. They felt heavy, wasn't getting a positive response. And I went, oh, this isn't, this isn't really good. And I don't, and I didn't want to feel like that anyway. And I thought, can I see myself doing this forever? And I thought, you know what? No, because I don't want to be known as that person, right? Mm -hmm. so I wanted something with joy and I wanted something light. So the, the facilitator at the time she said, Sana, why don't you just be creative and create, create something light? And I went, mm. yeah, that's, that's, that's better. And that sat with me. And I just sat there and I went, yeah, it sounds good. And then, boom, podcasting popped into my mind. Mm. Podcasting, okay, what am I going to talk about? How about courage? Courage, okay. Um, and I'd been, um, I'd, I'd do, I was doing my master's back in master's of adult education in 2014. And one of the units was a positive psychology unit. And we were talking about, we studied the, the virtue, one of the virtues, which was courage. And I really liked that. I really, really liked that. It, it just had such a, um, it's this one virtue, but it covers so much. And so I thought, okay, the next day I left that, I left that um, creative workshop, signed up that week to do a podcast uh, course online, which was really crazy because Sana and technology don't get on the best of times. And I made a so I won't swear. I made so many mistakes. Um, I was I was really struggling, and yeah. I, but I but I just muddled my way through. Muddle, muddle, muddle. Good, because you got um, to the first times always like that. It was messy, right? It was it was messy at the beginning. It was messy in the middle. Um, I'm hoping now it's it's you know it's beautiful. I'm hoping that there's a good product. But so and whilst I was doing all that. Uh, I finished that and uh, and I thought, okay, but where's where's a space for this? Where's a space for this podcast? Mm. And then things in Western Australia shut down in 2020 between March and June for mm. COVID. And that's when the business that I work for will hit pretty hard in terms of uh, the intensity of people's emotions, their anxiety, mm. the pressure that they're feeling. And I went, this is the place. I found my place. Courage yeah. on board. Yeah. Um, because at that time I had interviewed a whole bunch of people in the Southwest where I live. So I wanted to get to know them behind the business person. And so that's what I did. And then Amazing. by July, yeah, so July it was launched. Mm -hmm. And um, so six months in, it's there are three series that are, that are out uh, mm -hmm. on the Courage Unraveled. And you can find it anywhere on your, you know, whatever directory you want or on my yeah. website. Um, and now I'm on up to series four, which is that's where you'll be, um, you know, you that's where you'll awesome. be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a really wonderful, wonderful 
word and uh, topic to talk about. With for me, it's resilience uh, and flexibility. And as we discussed in the podcast, for you, it's it's courage. And mm. I think they're both trying to say the same thing, really, but just in a different way. Look, I think well for me, um, resilience is part of courage, but it yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like a it's I would say it's a byproduct. It's definitely there's that similarity there, but the byproduct of courage is you've got strength. You know, yeah. when you continually cultivate your courage mindset or flex your courage muscle or, or yeah. grow it, grow that muscle. Cause it's like going to the gym. It really is. Especially yeah. if you're not used to it. Um, you have to um, give yourself small challenges. Mm. And when you do that and you become successful at them, mm. then what does it do? It builds your confidence, it builds your self-esteem. Yeah. You know, it builds your strength, you know? So yeah. when the big, when the big mamas do come, um, mm. then you, you're better prepared for them. But, you know, and there are various forms of courage and that, the thing is, what you may think is that you need courage for, it might be my walk in the park, vice versa. So it's highly subjective as well. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Well, thank you so much for all this wonderful information and, and for being on my show today. Oh, thank you. That's all right. Thank you all for listening. And you can listen to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, or you can watch the um, beautiful interview with Sana on also the YouTube channel, um, Ben Like Bamboo. Please review and subscribe to get it out there. And um, I believe that you can overcome anything that, anything that you are going through. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Sana. Thank you.